You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk. Yes. I did 11 seconds of silence today, just to be random. Uh, Gerard Depardieu, have you heard of this character? Just to ask, what would be your ideal amount of silence that you would ask of me at some point? <laughs> What's the ideal length of time? You would like some t- silence. 14 hours. <laughs> oh, that was not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm giving you a random answer. Yeah. Gerard Depardieu, the actor. Um, we were just discussing him before the after the show. Why? I do not know. Why was it? What, how did we get around to him? I don't remember either. I was looking at movies that I have seen and don't remember seeing. That's what it was, I think. Something I didn't... And then we just got off on him for some reason. Yeah, and then it said he was in... Like, Sherrod Depardieu... And you claim he's a big movie star in America. I said, he had a little blip there. No, what what I was claiming was he's a huge movie star in France. Um, Like, always has been. And then there was a little moment... There, where he became a big Hollywood star, wasn't he? Like, I had, I, okay, we have different definitions. Then he was a—he was like the hot thing at the moment after he did Green Card and a couple of things, and then that was the it. Bergerac and yeah, but that wasn't a huge like cultural thing. You could ask a thousand people if they ever saw it, and most of them are going to say no. So when I, when you say to me, big Hollywood movie star. I don't think like Gerard Depardieu. I think he's just a dude who had his moment and he's gone. From right. our point of view. But um, so I went and looked him up. Tom Cruise is a movie star. Gerard Depardieu, in comparison, in America, is nothing. But in France, Gerard Depardieu is the Tom Cruise okay. of his nation. But the thing is, Tom Cruise is probably as big in France as he yeah, is here. <laughs> so he's gonna be one of those measuring sticks, isn't he? Unfortunately. And then I was like, what movies will we have seen Gerard Depardieu in? I don't particularly watch French films, so and he's been in a lot over the last ten years. So those I'm like, has he been in any Hollywood films? And then it said he's he's most famous for Life of Pi. And then I was like, Well, we've seen Life of Pi and we even reviewed it. I remember him now that you said it. Yeah, but... he was the chef. He was like a real caricature of a chef, remember? Yep, yep. Like 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 the chef out of a Tom and Jerry movie. He goes, chase, he looked like that. And he was in it for what? Not long. Not minutes. long at all. Like, I would say a minute of screen time, if that. And that's what he's most famous for? That's not true. IMDb. Well, IMDb's not accurate. But no. your perception of a Hollywood movie star is also inaccurate. Thank so you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've now lived, we've clarified I've, that. I've lived in the country with Hollywood for a long time, four decades, almost five, so I understand the dynamics of Hollywood movie star. Okay, so now we've clarified I am wrong and you are right. Let's move on to the podcast. I don't think needed to be clarified. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is Saturday, June the 28th. This is after the show number 333. Listen to this. It's after the show 333, and the movie we're reviewing is 300. So there's lots of threes. No, it would have been been a funnier joke if it was podcast 300. It would have not been a joke. Then it would have been a... uh, What, the stars aligning and shit? Yeah, everything would have been perfect. (laughs) So the movie we're looking at this week is 300 Rise of an Empire. This is a 2014 movie. It's released on Blu-ray on the 24th of June, so you can pick it up now. It's rated R. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers. 
And Sid Talk's going to give you the synopsis My of first question, 300 Rise of an first, Empire. First, I have a question. What empire? Uh, the Rise the Greek, of... Yeah, the Greek Grecian empire. empire. Yeah. Grecian. That reminds me of that stuff that you put on your hair to make it not be grey. <laughs> Grecian 2000? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't remember. I'm not a dude. It's from the 70s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what am I doing? You're giving the synopsis of Rise of an Empire. 300. Well, this is same, part of the same story of 300, as in we're talking about the Greek Isles, essentially. Sort of a parallel story from Sparta had their story, which was the 300. Movie. Now we have Athens, or the city of Athens, and it's, what is it? Athens is the city. Which island is it on? Just Greek a- islands. <laughs> oh my god. It's got a name, I can't remember. It, I okay. was, we just watched the history of it all. So basically, that's the thing, it, this inspires me uh, to look up history, because I don't know dick about um, history and stuff. Alright, but, that, but that's for a later... But it's not, because part of what this movie does is made me think about that stuff. But the story itself is just running in the same... It's basically bits of that movie that have been... That just didn't exist... 300. Which didn't exist, that are now plucked down in its own movie. So if you sort of took one, copied and pasted it over the top of the other and to fill in all the gaps, you'd have one big story about the same time frame. Because, um... Oh, I hear the rain coming. Nice. Not coming, it's here. So it is essentially Greece and the different isles and the different cultures that they have inside of Greece at that time pushing back against a very uh, growing Persian empire. Now that's the historical framework. Inside of that we have some fictional characters, but not many because I think they're all somebody... Based on... They're all based on somebody, yeah. yeah. Loosely, as they described, you know. Don't take it as history, history. Didn't really happen this way. No. Um, so that's all you're doing. Like, the 300 dudes were the Spartans fighting against the Persians, moving their way closer to take over Greece. Basically to enslave and trample and take over your culture and just die, what's conquer your civilization, basically. And this part of the story is Athens, or the Athenians, trying to do the same from a different angle. And... um you got the same guy. You got the God King. This time That's you have. Much. You got the lady who's in charge of his navy, whatever, and you got a different dude in charge of the Greek dudes. So we watched three hundred this week. The actual original three hundred on Blu-ray. Um, well, there's so, not. It's just there's three hundred, and then there's three hundred Rise of an Empire. Yeah, three hundred. So. We watched that one this week with Gerard Depardieu. That's why. That's how we got onto it. <laughs> he was not in it. Gerard Butler was in it, and you're right. And I always call him Gerard yeah. Depardieu. You're right. True. Because I always forget his name. So we watched the original this week, and I've not seen the original since it came out. But I always loved it because it was Zack Snyder, and I really like his stuff. And I just like the style of Three Hundred, the comic booky kind of look of it, and you know, graphic novel, because it was a graphic novel by Frank Miller, as is this one. Um, so the original 300, I have an appreciation for it, but I'd forgot most of it. So we watched it again, and I really dug it after I, after I'd watched it. I was like, yeah, I really like that movie. It's it's not the it's not like it's pretty basic, and it's it boils down to lots of really awesome visuals and sound effects and stuff. You know, there's a lot of action and a very small amount of plot. I find in the first, I one. disagree. Um, 
And in the second one, I, th- I think it's the same again. I think it's a visual spectacle. But if you're looking for some deep um, historical thing, it's not there. It's not told in that way. I don't think it's deep, but there's somewhere in between. It's not just... To me, it's not simple, because I get a little confused thinking about the I different reasons. I find it's reasons. told in a graphic novel style. Like, it's, uh, you know, it's it's really about what things look like more than... Right, but if you're not... If you, I guess if you don't give a shit, really, about the whole story, then that's why you think it's pretty basic. No offense. But, but I like how it looks. It's actually more... It's complicated to me, some of it. Because I don't always understand the Greek... The different things and who has to be polit- politicking with who and why would they would or wouldn't send their ships and all that kind of stuff. I don't get all that. So that complicates it to me. If you're talking about just a bad guy versus a less bad guy or less bad something, good guy, bad guy, that is but pretty the, basic. But the style of this movie is what makes it really, both movies, make it really unique from any other movies, I think. And I actually thought, and we've watched them very closely back to back here, that the I like the visual style of the new one better. I think I like the uh, the new one has like um, a different look to it. It's not as dark, um, but it's still very stylized. Everything looks. I find it really dark. No, I found the first one to be like Zack Snyder went very specifically because I listened to the commentary to make it as dark as possible, actually visually. And I found this one to not be as dark at all, and um, it looked better. Visually, the special effects. and there are some, There's still some poor special effects in this one, but I kind of, because it's kind of like a graphic novel-y type look, it seems appropriate. You know? Mm. Like which part do you think was dodgy? The bit on the horse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was the only part in yeah. the second one where I was kind of like, oh. Uh. But what makes it dodgy to me sometimes is that dark murkiness, and I don't know how you can appreciate it, because it makes it look like shit sometimes. No, I really like it. I know, but you can't see anything. You can't even and see that's... that there's a line or a contrast between anything. It's like murky on purpose, so that you don't see the flaws, or so that you can't see. Now, that doesn't make it good. It looks like a darkly inked comic book, which I... There are particular... Frank Miller... You would make it dark enough so you can't see the picture. Frank Miller's very specific in his comic books as to use lots of dark um, inking. Right, but he also would use high contrast so that you see and what he wants you to see. lots of light that drowns out the... the like, like it's hard to f- see. Like, so Zack Snyder did that perfectly, I think. Uh, but in this one... Uh, they, it isn't perfect because you can't see stuff. Sometimes. See, I like that. I think it makes it look better. I think if you if it was all bright daylight, it wouldn't look I'm not look saying as there's good. two. There's something in between there. There's being. And able I didn't to think this one was dark at all. The, the second one. Um, no, he disguised the darkness with like this murkiness, like a like lowering the contrast everywhere. No, and not th- even giving. I think the like, second one they added like instead of making it dark, they added like a blue kind of color into everything. Well, that was gold. To me. This first one was gold. This one was gold, too. Like, when you look out over the ocean, there's a lot of gold sky. But and I then, liked how that Like, looked. this layer of, like, has... like, murky instead of, like, murky here where the sky is and then the clear, crisp image of whatever's right in front of you. That makes it... The so I dig that perspe- completely. Yeah, but perspective gets all screwed up when you're talking about, like, here and far. When the whole screen has been added, like, a weird filter... Then the person right here that you're looking at from over their shoulder is also murky. It doesn't make sense. 
but it makes it look like a comic book. It gives it its distinctive. I I for me, it gives it its distinctive visual. This person style. up close or the thing up close would be all crisp and clear, and the things in the distance would be murkied up. Not in Frank Miller's comic books. Have a look at his things. Yeah, everything's black ink. Like it's right, but he's also going to make it so you can see what he's drawing. He's not going to make it so you can't see it. But you're making the point here that you can't see this film. But you can see it fine. It's all murky. Yeah. No, it's not murky. It's how it's not supposed all. to be. I know, and I don't like it. I don't care how they meant it to be. I don't like many of the scenes because when you're looking at it, you're like sh- not just struggling to like see what it is, but to appreciate what's going on. Like this armada of ships coming at you. There were only like two two little sections where it looked really awesome. The rest were like, you know, they're not going for realism anyway. So why go for realism in that and say, well, you wouldn't be able to see them all. Well, I want to see. I don't want to see this big. So let's just say you're not a fan of this art style. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying there are parts of this movie that, like the other one, too dark to appreciate. It's also too muddied up. They've filtered it up to the point of not appreciating. See, my point, scenes. and I've had very different. And I like the art style. I a lot. have a very different. Um, I didn't actually say I don't like it. Right, I have a very different opinion than you on this film. I think the first film, and it's not the whole film. The first film was filmed digitally. And then they added grain on top of it. Like, they put digital grain back into the movie. Um, and we watched it this week. And I dislike that digital grain. I don't, and the second movie doesn't have the grain at all. There's none. Um, that grain, when I watched it again on Blu-ray, I was like, that actually makes it look worse than it should. Like, and I get what they were doing. They're trying to make it look grimy and even more grimy by adding the grain on. With the second one, my point was, they didn't add it onto this one, and they actually upped the, um, it doesn't take place like, like the first one takes place in like really dark areas, like all the time. This one is, sometimes it's actually bright daylight, which it barely is in the first film. Yeah, um, and in those bright daylight ones, they don't make it bright, they make it murky. But then it has this like Sin City kind of CG, everything looks CG look, which I actually like in this movie. Like, like you can, you can tell. Hundred percent in this movie that people aren't in a real place ever, right? It's, it's yeah, it seems. Yeah. But then it fits. But then in some movies you'll watch, you'll go, "Oh wow, it doesn't look like they're really there." But it's terrible, and it's terrible. In this movie, it makes sense because it's supposed to look like a sin. It's like Sin City, like a comic book come to life, a bit more realistic than Sin City because Sin City even takes it further, and they're basically comic book characters running around, aren't they? Um, but this second one. It focuses on the Navy um, a lot. So it's sea battles rather than the land battles of the first one. of the. And I thought the sea battles were spectacular. It gets a bit goofy at some points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to specifically say what I th- found really goofy about this movie. It's the goofiest part for me. There's a sex scene in it that completely is like... I was like, really? Like, it is... It's thrown in there just to titillate the audience. It's it's not based on anything. It's it's improbable, I think. I disagree with that, but I agree with that it doesn't seem to fit, but it totally fits with her story. She was raped and abused as a child, repeated for years and years and years as a slave, as a captive. And now she's like this kick-ass I mean, there is one one moment during the sex scene So what I'm saying is, it makes sense that at some point she would want to use that to dominate someone else or to put someone else in a compromising position totally makes sense. It does. But. But then the thing of them both being the types who want to just kind of get off on the power of it all, and he was not into that at all. So it seemed like awkward a little bit. And it, 
There was there was but a moment. But you've never seen in... a sex scene like it. No. Except for maybe Mr. and Mrs. Smith, almost. There was a moment in the movie where this this guy came on this boat, this like messenger guy, and he said, uh, "We need to speak to Them- Themocles, Is he called Them- Themos? Thermos? I don't know any of their names. Themistocles. I can't remember. He's the main guy. We we need you to come and speak to the head honcho lady. And then when he was on the little boat and they were taken into the boat, I'm going. It's not going to be a love scene now, is it? I was thinking that in my head. There's going to be a love scene, isn't there? And when there was a love scene... It wasn't a love scene. Well, (laughs) a romance... uh, Like a a hooking up scene, let's say. Here's the F word. They were just fucking. Yeah. That's it. But still, I I had that in my mind. I was like, please don't do that. Because I don't... I think it's... But, in the beginning, you saw the rating. There was a sex scene going to happen. I didn't think about that. Ah. But I was like, oh, okay. So that was my worst... It's a titillating scene in a number of ways, I guess. But I didn't really... But I I understand it. Yeah, I understand it because of her being... Yeah, and, and yeah. there was a moment where she was like, oh my god, my womanly charms don't work on this guy. Like, Partially. Like, um, get this filthy. I don't I don't think it was that. I think it was he's not like all those other men. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not just I can't charm him. He truly is only devoted to his to army wall, and his country. It. And that's yeah. it. Like, he didn't give a shit about this. You know, like... So I didn't mind it. It was just... Not balanced out with anything else in the whole movie, like even the the sort of supposed to be a new a new father son story that wasn't deep enough for you to. That father son story might as well have not been there. Yeah, the was... relationship parts, like in the first one, you've got the relationship between I'm going to call her Cersei, but she's not Cersei, she's the queen. She's and a Gorgo, Leon- queen Gorgo. Leonidas. You know, you've got them, and you you keep that in your mind threaded through. And you got the father and son story, which is it's not even well. It's not even that much more hashed out, but for some reason it feels deeper. I don't know why. Because you get the same amount of screen. Yeah, yeah. it just seems more substantial. So you've got those relationships. And then you do develop an understanding between Leonidas and the God King, even though they're not. It's a relationship all of a sudden where there's this, like, it's going to be a showdown, isn't it? And you get it. There's, like, a human connection there. This one, you're missing. I mean, I'm missing a. That there's any connection back to Athens. Like, I'm not... I don't care. I cared about Sparta, even though they seemed like a bunch of jerks, because all they want to do is fight. But for some reason, I was... It was established that I need to care about Sparta and their freedom to live their life the way they want. Athens, all they kind of showed was this... um, The politics. The politicians, and sort of... It seemed a little sleazy, and all of a sudden I'm like, why are we fighting for this? I kind of get it, but I don't care. I'm not identifying with this. You've got this guy who now is your leader. I identify with him, but he's not connected to anything until later in the movie when you realize he only cares about his country and stuff, which is cool. But there's no other... They didn't take the time. It's more of a... Even though the first one's total spectacle, this one is even more of a spectacle. It is, and I enjoyed it for that. Like like I said, and I enjoyed the cool... If you've I've seen them both. That's stuff you've never seen before. I've never seen a ship battle... I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean, but that's not real. This one isn't real either, but I mean, they did special effects. There's definitely stuff in that there. you've never seen. Unique. Hand-to-hand combat from jumping from ship to ship, ships ramming ships, um, horse on the ship, even though it looked dodgy, it was just like, oh, right, they just didn't give a shit about anything back then. All that, re- you know, like the um, combat from ship to ship. Back and then, that. like this is a true story. It reminded me of, uh, and I, I play video games, and this was a lot like a video game battle. 
an Assassin's Creed Black yeah, Flag. I, was, that, I knew you were going to say Assassin's that was Creed. Just, that, there, that was literally, there is a horse on a ship in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. There's a battle jump from ship to ship. Because when you think about it, it's, if they didn't have cannons and they didn't have guns, but you had two ships out and they were going to have to battle each other, I guess I never even thought about how they would actually fight in the middle of the ocean or I liked the um, part with the oil in the sea. Yeah. Yeah, and the... You know, there's a lot of cool naval... That's what I'm saying. It's focused on the naval battles and they And if you look up a bunch of those details, they're probably based on real things. They base the ships on real ships that they know of. And so... But it's it's got kind of... It's definitely a super, you know exaggerated, like, movie look at And even though it's trying to be gritty with the excessive amount of fake blood, which I know is the comic which book I liked, blood. Actually. I know you I could tell that you did. I don't know why, but I just knew you did. Um, but it's still not gritty in that way. It's Hollywood It's all war. It's all CG blood, basically. So, oh, yeah. Um, and the movie's available in 3D as well, and a lot of it is, to, is, is to fuel the 3D so things stick out of the screen. But, yeah, there isn't real gory blood. There's, like, artistic uh, CG blood squirt. Like paint splattering at you. Yeah, but I liked it because it, you know, it reminded me of Sin City and that kind of thing where it's kind of style. It's very stylized, the whole thing. Even more than the first movie is, I think. Um, I like the cool nods to the first movie. I'm glad we watched the first movie this week. Oh yeah, me too. Because they really do work together. And there's a guy on one of the extras who said, well, if we wanted it so... If you watch both of these back to back, it would be like this big long yarn, he said. And and I agree that they work perfectly back to back. You know? And when I heard that it was a prequel and a sequel, I was like, oh, which order do you watch them? But it's not you even w-? a prequel. Well, it, it's, it kind of runs, it's ten years before the first movie at the beginning, then it runs into the first movie, and then it runs after the first movie. So it is all the things. It's a, a prequel, a sequel. I think that, no offense to you for thinking that, it's all kind of bullshit. I mean, it's just a story, isn't it, that's running concurrently, except for the spark that started the, the whole bit of thing. The beginning is before. But that's not really, it doesn't make it a prequel. It's a fact, to me, it's just, it's a, it's... A flashback. No, it's not a flashback, though, because it's all the same time frame. That is just explaining to you what happened before. It's very quick, takes like... Five minutes. It's like ten years before. Then you're. Then now is the whole thing of three hundred is happening at the same time. Yeah, it's parallel, and then it and then, then it goes barely, further. Then just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, all you're getting is the tiny bit at the end. So, I think people overthink it. It's just in the same time. It's the same story from a different angle. I thought it worked really well the way they did it. They mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, I really. Um, the guy uh, Xerxes. Do you think you'd have to see three hundred? I do. Yeah, I do. I think it... And almost by, vice versa now. Having seen 300 this week and then this one, they they kind of need to go together now. Yeah, it's definitely... If you were going to sit and watch them again, like we probably will in a few years, you'd sit and yeah. watch both. You wouldn't just watch one and then leave it. You would watch both because... Because I like the origin story of Xerxes as well. I think yeah, Xerxes... Actually, there's a, the origin story of him at the beginning. Uh and it's really, really cool. But I was like, can we have more of him? Yeah, exactly. And then they put him on the back burner and concentrate on the gut, go- on the, yeah. you know. So I was a bit disappointed in that, but they are making a but third one. But they really, I mean, I just think his voice uh, sucks so bad. Yeah. It's and a like, lot of the audio is really bad. It's put through some modulation or something. Not just that, but a lot of the audio is not, to me, the dialogue mixed with the action is really poor. It's, to me, it's like, 
that thing where, I don't know how else to describe it except the poor contrast or there's no, the voices don't fit in to the action that's happening. It's like this layer of voice over the top, like a really bad Overdubbed. dubbed. Yeah. Because this kind of movie, I guess, it's... Piece- but then sometimes it goes in just right. So I think it's poorly done. And I thought that about the first one a lot of the times. Um, because no matter how hard they try, looping is never 100% I don't ever pick mouth. up on that stuff. Oh, see, I do. It's like, it really bugs me. Like, from the very beginning, I was like, it's, I really hope this time there's none of that weird... The voices aren't, like, just laid over the top of everything. And then it started happening. And then his voice was like... I don't mind the, like... Yeah, they put voice, a electronic filter on his voice. It also doesn't as hard as he can try. When they lay it back over, your mouth just doesn't go with it a hundred percent. So it's a little bit disjointed, and I then know. all of a sudden it's perfect because they use the audio that they made on the day. I get the feeling the third movie might we might get more of him. Like it actually is a movie about him rather than he, he well, does take. A, tell, though. He does take a back burner, and well, they're, they're obviously. Um, how this one ends ends the oh, history, history is far behind you at this at that point, isn't it? So they can do what they want really with the third one. I imagine just make some shit up, which they made a lot of shit. Yeah, up but we've one. seen this whole section of his life already. So what? I don't know what happens next, but like I say, in this movie, they build him up at the beginning and then just sit him on a back burner for the entire movie. Really, There's and not... they do in the first one, but you get just enough of him to realize he's so he's mysterious formidable. in the first one because you don't. Because you don't know what he is or anything about him, and you see him, and he's visually like yeah. scary. And in this one, you get to see why he is what he is, and then it's almost like he fizzled out of that. Like, is what we're we gonna do? Have, have him have a fight with the main guy, or what? Like, when they don't do that with yeah, him, he's untouchable. It's kind of like they're saving him up for something. Mm. But let's you mean go. On. A really good ending. <laughs> He doesn't, the, he doesn't exist anymore. Because there is going to be a third movie. It's already gone into pre-production, so we will see a third 300. 303? 303. The 303 Spartans. So, uh, let's move on to the cast. So the main guy who pay, I can never... What is his name? Thermocules. Therm, Thermocules? Thermosteles. No, oh, I don't know. Thermistocles. Thermistocles. <laughs> yeah, like Thermistocles. Yeah. There we go. He's played by Sullivan Stapleton, um, and he's a he's relatively unknown. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I looked him up, but didn't see him. I mean, he's in a lot of TV shows. I um, thought he did a really good job. Oh yeah, I was yeah. totally enthralled. And that's what I was thinking when I was writing down the cast. Um, oh, they they didn't. You know, who it was originally going to be, and he turned it down. It was originally going to be um, that Edgerton guy, Joel Edgerton, the Australian guy. Um. But he turned it down. And also, Gerard Butler was supposed to be in this one, but he also turned it down. He was. <laughs> he was in this one. He actually is in this one in, in flashback. I mean, the only thing they could do was make a scene where that we didn't see before. Yeah, I think that's probably why. It was just like a small thing he was going to be in it for. But um, yeah, this Sullivan Stapleton, he's really good. And during the fighting scenes, which look really intense to me, it looks... Yeah. Like... Like, there was some training. One thing about these movies that I don't know a lot of people would apply this word, but I do. They're very melodramatic. They're very theatrical. And there's a rabble-rousing 
fight for freedom against yeah. the, you know, and inside of that is also very theatrical. Everything, even, you know, the way they have people dying when they get stabbed and they roll really fast. It's that old-fashioned Hollywood stuntman stuff going on and the old-fashioned, like, <gasps> you know, like really old-fashioned to me. That's and it's particularly gruesome, this one. It, it's not really. It's I mean, fake. it's gruesome when in CG blood. But, I mean, there's people's heads flying off. There's uh, arms coming off, legs coming off. Just a couple. There's uh, heads. It's not somebody ra- holding it's not... a bunch of heads. There's... Yeah, but that's a reference. To I think it's under. more gruesome than the first one. Because the first one's gruesome. I mean, it's um, violent, the first one. And there are some violent scenes. But on the, in this one, they decided to focus more on, like, the actual stabbing people. And it, they, they, yeah, really, they really kind of lingered on that Because what is hand-to-hand? We, you know, unless you've ever done it. And I'm sure there are still factions of humans in the world that have that kind of warfare, right? Hand-to-hand and people who are, who are faced with it, are, you know, in war situations. But imagine before there were any guns. And you did just like a Braveheart situation. All you have are knives and javelins. And your fist. And your fist. And you've got a thousand people all banging against each other. I mean, what must it really? It's not like this movie, the because bl- I don't care what happens. If you stab me in the chest, my all of my blood doesn't squirt out at once. It's more like <laughs> something like Braveheart, where you, you know, it's a little more gore, a little more gr- realistic looking. Little bit, I guess. I don't know. We don't, none of us really know how it looks because we've not seen it. Yeah, unless you're there. I'm just saying this exaggerates it big time. So Eva Green plays. Artesima? Artesima? These, What's wrong with you? I don't know how you say it. How do you Just say look it? at the word. Artesima. Artemisa. Artemisa. <laughs> look at it. Don't look at me. Artemisa. Okay. I don't think that's right, because that's not what it sounded like to me when they said it. What, what, when you're saying what's up with you, what? Because you always, you, you don't look at the word. You what think do you, you think it was? I don't know what it is. Oh. I'm saying I would look at it and sound it out. But you're looking straight at me instead of like sounding it out. You're just trying to make no, up No, I can look it out the corner of my eye. Um, Artemisa, whatever it is. Eva Green plays it. Um, she's always wanted to do an action role, she said. And she's in, she was in the J- uh, Casino Royale. And I guess that was an action role, but she wasn't the hero. No. She was more like a damsel in distress. I don't remember her in that. Yeah, to she be was honest. in the what? He has to save her and stuff. Well, then I don't want to spoil that movie. <laughs> but she's was it her? she's his woman. Yeah, in that movie, Casino Royale. I still don't remember her. But anyway, I see the, a woman in, but I don't yeah, see a face. That's her. <laughs> like um, the face has been erased. I really liked her, yeah, but she's selective. like super stylized in this movie, like. Obviously, nothing like the real, like they said, they just, nothing. It's like what an actress would take on board if she were told that she needs to be a woman a who's had a horrible childhood. Parents raped and murdered, herself raped for many years and held slave and captive, saved by a different culture, and now for vengeance coming back to, to decimate the culture that tossed her aside. That's essentially it. Um, and that's your brief. And so you would manufacture a certain machismo that you think you have to have if you're out for this type of character. Because women, I think a lot of times you think in order to be that vengeful or that, you know, tough, like even a Kill Bill, the bride character, that you have to take on certain masculine or things. Or sucker punch. Exactly. That you have to bring on some sort of, like, 
And she's doing adding that to what I think was really good parts, like really moments of her face, of her really soaking up, you know. I find it particularly scary at times. A little bit scary. Um, and so I think she did well. Like, she was threatening. I yeah. was convinced that it didn't... Although, why didn't she just kill him? Because the challenge that's not of how it? movies go. <laughs> oh, I thought it was actually something to do with the story. <laughs> so Silly me. Lena Headley plays Queen Gargo. She reprises the role from the first movie. I really like her. She could she could play queens and <laughs> she's I mean, been she, other things. I got excited at the very last shot of this movie as to what another movie could be. Yeah. Because, you know, mm-hmm. she just she she's in this movie a bit, but not a lot. It's a bit like a you know her voice is. Yeah, her voice is. She the voices over most of it. Yeah, but the very final shot, I was like... Is that other guy who does the voiceover... Is that, it's not his voice, is it? Because it totally is, doesn't match it when is he's his talking. Voice. It's supposed to be, yeah. I'm not supposed to be. I'm saying it's not really I his voice. I think it is him, like, when he's... Because even when he's just talking, it's not. it doesn't match, like, hardly. No, it is him, that other voice. Hmm. Um, but Lena Headley was good, but it's... I like the scene. She was particularly melodramatic. She was like, I could have put her on a Broadway stage with that performance... Not bad, just very... It made sense for what she the, was Yeah, it's a doing. little bit overly dramatic at times. And then Rodrigo Santoro plays Xerxes. You mean Rodrigo? Yeah, that's what I said, right? Yeah, well, it's not Rodrigo. <laughs> Rodrigo is his name, it's one word. Rodrigo, that's what yeah. I said. Um, anyway, no. he's from um, The Terminal? No. No, Love, Love Actually. actually. Um, Maybe The Terminal, but I don't remember he might be from the terminal as well, but um, Love Actually, he's a very famous Spanish actor, like from Spain, <laughs> not from Mexico. Right. Um, well, then you would say Mexican. Would you? Yes. I've said Mexican before, and somebody said, "Don't say Mexican." If you're from Mexico, you are a Mexican. If you're from Spain, you are Spanish. Somebody told me not to say Mexican, and I was like, "Why?" About was, what? I don't know. Somebody told me once not to say it. You have to think of why, because there's no reason unless you're being derogatory. Which, how would you be? And, like, I don't know. So this guy, um, I wouldn't even know it was him. I did, that's why I asked at the end of it if that was him, because as I started looking at his face real close, I was like, In the first movie, and I watched the first movie twice, if you just said who played that big guy, I would have no idea who played that big guy. I wouldn't even be able to give you a, a guess on who it was. Right. Because it's such a, a transformation, not just visually. Like, like it's... It, they slapped I, that horrible... I mean, it's his voice, but they've yeah. tweaked it up. But I mean, I, even his... I know how that actor is. His mannerisms and everything. He just drops everything. Like, he's just this dude. He um, walks as if he's nine feet tall, which he supposedly is. That's the part where I... Like, how do they make him really, really tall? Because he's just quite a short guy. CGI? Is it CGI or is he on stilts or what? No, it's all CGI. They just make him bigger. Right. And then perspective shots where one person's closer to the camera and he's just... I had the feeling he was on stilts. It's not a Tom Cruise kind of situation where they put him on a box. They make him bigger. Why don't they CGI Tom Cruise then to make him him six foot in every movie? Maybe they have. (laughs) Maybe that's the new technology in Mission Impossible movies. Um, so yeah, this guy's really awesome. I like that character. I want to see like. That. In case people didn't know, Tom Cruise stood on boxes on some scenes in Top Gun because Kelly McGillis was so much taller yeah. than him. 
uh, he also, um, I saw a whole thing about this, uh, this subject during his whole career. He, it's him specifically. He asks the directors, you can't make me look smaller than this person, that person. It was also, uh, Val Kilmer was way bigger than him. He didn't want to. From whose point of view is this being told? From Tom Cruise's, from people who've worked with Tom Cruise's point of view. And one of the things is, if you look at movies with Tom Cruise, he's often in front of people, and that's not by that's by design. Like he stands in, he's you mean he's, closer to the camera. He's walking steps ahead of people when he's talking to them, because you look bigger. <laughs> it's um, I can understand it, I guess, because he is small, right? He's I don't think he's small. He's just not six. He's five foot four, isn't he? Like, he's, no, he's, he's taller than me, I believe. Right, I'm five foot four. Um, but. People have a hang-up on it, don't they, about being small? And then people who are too big don't want to be... I don't want to... Like like Howard Stern. Oh, yeah? He thinks he looks like Big Bird, like he wishes he was smaller. You know, like every every picture he sees, he's, he thinks he's Big Bird. Right. Which I could understand that, too. I guess there's... What's the perfect height? Hmm. Well, the world's kind of designed for a specific height, isn't it? Yeah. Desks and tables and houses I feel and like it's lower doors. than me. A little no, bit. you're fine. You just duck all the time. You just no. I mean things. I, I feel like things are not. This perfect. is too tall for me, so it's just right for you. Hmm. <laughs> See, when I stand at the kitchen counter, I feel like it should be higher. Right. Well, it wasn't made for you. It was made for me. <laughs> <laughs> and if I did it again, it would be just as high. Well, just as low. So, um, yeah, this this movie not directed by Zack Snyder. He he was actually busy doing Man of Steel when this movie was in. Zack Snyder actually co-wrote and pro- produced this movie. And he was going to direct it, but then Man of Steel took over and he went and directed Man of Steel instead. So it has got Zack Snyder's kind of imprint in it. And it does match the other movie quite well, I think, considering it wasn't done by the same guy. And the guy it was done by is it was chosen by the studio, not by Zack Snyder. But the guy's called Noah Muro. And if you think of the movie... There's one movie he's done, and it's Smart People, which is actually a very good movie. I love yeah. it. Um, it's nothing like an action movie. So why this, you know... He's, he's unproven in an action movie, this Noah guy, but I think he did a fantastic job. But it was quite clear from watching the extras, he did not do this on his own. There's all these very creative CGI photographer types involved too. That's why it looks like it does. Uh, but I think it was, I think it was good. Um, so extras, there are quite a few. What did you think of the extras? I think it was just right because the things I wanted to see or know about, roughly, they hit upon reality. They have a couple of historians talk the about historian it. The historian part was good. Yeah, and they talk about, what was the other thing that I wanted to see? The artist, like the actual look of it. I wanted a little bit more about, like you were saying, how he meant for it to look murky and stuff, but I disagree, but... I think it was just the right amount. I don't need more than that. It was a good bunch of extras. Maybe a full documentary about the Athenian-Persian War, but or whatever it's called, the Greco-Persian War, but I can just look it up. I can look at an actual history book. The extras on the original 300 Blu-ray are amazing. It even as like a version of the movie that's completely green screen, you can watch the movie without the CG added. Um, there's a... there's a. But you'd never see the ships. In the original... Uh, Blu-ray, though, it's packed. I, I brought up the screen for you after we'd watched it, and I said, look at all these extras, and it, I mean, it's jam-packed. This one is not quite as jam-packed as that. Maybe there'll be a complete 
version down the road. But yeah, I think they were pretty good in terms of extras. Um, so in conclusion, I highly recommend this, but I am a big fan of 300. I'm a big fan of Zack Snyder um, and anything that he does. And I like Frank Miller's stuff, everything I've seen, you know, the Sin City books and these. Um, and I think it... I heard a little bit about this before it came out and people who were fans of 300 said, oh, I don't think it was lived up to 300, so I kind of dismissed it. I feel like it's one big movie, giant movie that you should watch. If you like 300, I, I don't... Someone needs to edit them together. Yeah, it would would work really well, wouldn't it? Just back I don't to mean, back. no, not back to back. Edit them together. So you're seeing the battle happening over there because it's all happening at the same time. Yeah, somebody could probably do that, right? Somebody way more adept than me. Ah, uh, clearly. I mean, it would take some doing that, wouldn't it? I meant like a DVD version of it, but yeah. they actually, somebody in... A DVD version probably of that, well, <laughs> I don't know, you never know though, do you? But I reckon a fan would probably go to, I've seen fans sure. do all kinds of things with Star Wars, re-edit it and all kinds of things, so who knows? Yeah, but yeah, that would work really well, because there is all the footage needed Yeah. to actually make a giant movie. Well... That's all you need. Is the I mean, it's not like it's not like oh, this wouldn't make sense because hmm. it all makes sense. Like, it, like they actually made this movie revolve around that movie, so it it all fits. They acted like they want to pretend they didn't. Like, oh, there's an Easter egg here where you see this guy yeah. pop up. I'm like, what are it's you like, talking it's about? Clearly obvious who that guy is. It's not just obvious. It's like essential. Yeah. That you have the same people. But it's not an Easter egg. It's like, <laughs> that's the messenger guy. An Easter egg is if in the background you see a TARDIS on a hill. Yeah. That's like, and you go, what? But in this movie, yeah. the messenger guy turns up, who's the most recognizable guy you could ever possibly see. Yeah, and he's going to tell the Athenians something <laughs> when when we're watching 300, he's... and these are the Athenians that he's going to tell. It's not exactly like, It's not Whoa. an Easter egg. No. Whoa. But it's cool if you're a fan of it, because you're like, oh, yeah, there's some... But it isn't. It's part of it. No, if you're I, that I, easily titillated, oh my god. Oh, I don't mean I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to go outside and run around in the rain because I'm so I didn't excited. say that. I'm saying if I'm that's I'm talking like... about like, it is a, if it's a cool thing if you're a fan of the the throwbacks to the first movie. If you're not expecting them. But it's not a throwback, it's part of the story. No, I mean the callbacks, or whatever you want to call it. I know what you're saying, but they aren't because they're essential to the story of this one. You have to they're have They're not them. essential, you could cut that out. And it wouldn't... It no, wouldn't. you have to have him finding out about the Spartans. You, you do, have but to, it didn't have, that... doesn't have to be in that way. It could have been just a Whatever. word said. I know, but you still... It's not shocking or, or, or like... Whoa. I think it was shocking. I thought it was interesting if you're a fan. Because there were... There were they're not Easter eggs, but they are cool moments. And there are several of them throughout where you like... So oh. when you watch... Empire Strikes Back, you're like, oh, it's Luke Skywalker. That's a oh, throwback. Oh, it's not the same the as that. I know what I'm saying. It's not the same as it that. It is the same because it's no. all the same story. You have to have some of the same characters. It's not surprising. People are too easily impressed. Oh my god. I'm surprised that Gerard Depardieu popped up in this movie. <laughs> he did not. The other Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, in conclusion, I highly recommend it. What do you reckon? Well, I mean, I recommend it if you like. That kind of movie, and if you did like 300, that yeah. doesn't guarantee you like this anyway. But to fill in the story some more, I see. I see the people talking about this. I was just having a look after I'd watched it, and the, I definitely think you have to see them both. There was a consensus of I love 300, but what the hell was this? It wasn't very good. In fact, you could watch this one and then 300. That's how they don't necessarily have to go in front and back order, because this yeah, the Spartan section it, could be a well, you know. 
Plus, it's like based on it. I was going to say, if you watch this one first, it would ruin something from the second, from the first one. Obviously, it would, but that thing is highly known anyway. It's like it's a historical thing. Which thing? About the three hundred souls. Oh yeah. Well, know? it's not known. Like I didn't know about it. Right. But you can look it up. I knew before the movie because I knew of the graphic novel, not because I knew of the history. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't we all in deep, deep danger? So. uh Thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. And if you want to go to aschoolie.com, you can win some Blu-rays. Uh, the highlight this time is Nonstop, starring Liam Neeson. We reviewed it a few weeks ago. You can win a Blu-ray of that. Go to aschoolie.com, click on the word contest, you can enter. Next week's Blu-ray review is um, Jason Bateman's Bad Words. It's his first... It's the first movie he's directed and starred in. So we're going to have a look at that. It's Bad Words. We'll be looking at that next week. The one where you got in trouble for saying something to a kid. Yeah. Some controversial... Uh, yeah. Jason Bateman's not scared of uh, controversy, though, generally. Um, so, movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of 300, and I, I had so many in my head for this, but I settled it down to these two. If I ever talk about Zack Snyder, I'm always going to recommend my favourite movie by him, and that's Sucker Punch. You know, that's a very stylistic movie also, like 300 is. I mean, it's in Do a different way. Do you think he hides behind his sort of like... Because that's what I feel like sometimes it is. It is... His visual is ma- a master of visual, right? He's not a master at all. He right. has his own idea of what he wants it to be. But sometimes you can get so mired down in your own... When you look at it, you see your perfect... What you wanted, but necessarily, not necessarily what other people can see. So if you put line them all up, they're all going to start looking alike after a while. There's a certain murkiness, a certain desaturation of everything, because it happens in the I think Man of Steel looks a lot different to his other... Well, yeah, well, that's different, isn't it? That was one of those where Hollywood was going to say... The studio was going to say, you're not going to be... This isn't Sucker Punch, buddy. This is Superman, so... You know what I'm saying? I just think that sometimes you can rest on your... I like his work a lot. And Watchmen was gonna. Watchmen's really close to Sucker Punch for me, like, but Sucker Punch wins over a little bit. Um, but my second one was Dawn of the Dead, and that was his like first movie, and it's a remake of yeah. the original Dawn of the Dead. But it's for a remake, and remakes generally suck, in my opinion. A little, you know, it, it's hard to live up to a rem- to a really good movie. Just remaking it for a remake, I almost. I don't prefer it to the original, but it's really close, like The Hills of Eyes Yeah. And Zack Snyder, in that movie, it's really, really, like, intense from the opening moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good zombie movie. And it I think it, I don't think everybody saw it. Well, watch like, it again. Now I've got it, so it. we should bring it up and watch it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so, goodbye. That'll be this week's movie. We'll, goodbye. I'll, I mean, I'll bring this up and we'll watch it this week. Hmm. Because I haven't seen it for a, a long time. But then that will get me off on a roll, and I'll have to watch all and the we, zombie we watched, movies. Um, I'm a marathon person. We watched um, last week. We watched a horror movie. Did well, we? Yeah. <gasps> Was that me? Cabin in the Woods. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! I love that. Rewatched one. it. We'd seen yeah, it. Yeah, I love Cabin yeah. in the Woods. It's just I'm spellbound by it. I think it's just amazingly. Entertaining and, and I, that's why I think the thing is though you had to have watched a lot. Like if I say to Austin, "Oh, you, you, you and your friends should watch Cabin in the Woods," it wouldn't have the same impact on them you unless they'd seen all the movies. movies yeah. Well, not just growing up with them, but at least have seen them because then the impact is whoa, 
what do they say in here? You know, I just think, now talk about throwbacks. That is a movie where you can say, maybe not Easter eggy, because that sounds pretentious, but, oh, I know the guy with the I mean, spear. It, is that. That's, it really is. It's like, yeah, that's it's Hellraiser like, guy. Hey, everybody who loves horror movies, watch this. Yeah, here's the girl with the weird thing on her face, and here's the. It's similar to things you've seen, but maybe not. Frighteners, that thing, you know. To me, that was a Frighteners kind of thing. So, it was really good. I know we're not talking about Cabin in the Woods, but... Dawn of the Dead. Zack Snyder. Um, Yeah, an excellent... I think that's one... People don't realize that's his movie, first off. Because he did it before he became Mr. Zack Snyder. Big, you know, Superman dude. I thought people didn't like his Superman. They didn't, but Warner Brothers liked it enough for him to do the next one. So... It must have done all right. You mean he just did this most recent one? Man of Steel. I thought he did the one before that. No, Man of Steel. Right. And then he's okay. doing the new okay. one with Affleck. We're going to get water in the basement. We can hear the water coming down in the sky. Doesn't mean we're going to get water in the basement. <laughs> My turn. Recommendations are... Now, this isn't because it's good. It's just because I like that Eve person. And I thought, if I'm going to give her... a, If you want to give her another chance, she's in the movie Dark Shadows with... Johnny Depp. It's not great. I mean, some people will love it. You mean Eva Green? Yes. She's in it. And it's kind of bizarre and a little bit weird. And, you know, you could really get into it, I think, if you just, you know. If you look, and that was based on the TV show of the same name. TV show and radio show as well. Soap opera. But it's not great. When you watch the old ones, I watched a few of the old ones afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And my other one is Casino Royale, just because you say she was in it. I don't remember. I have to see it again. And it's a good... I liked it. I liked, I like the Bond movies, so... All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff this week. It's the Steam Summer Sale at the moment, so I've picked up um, a couple of games, and, you know, for very little money, like 99 cents a piece of most of these games. Um, but the game I've been playing this week is One Finger Death Punch. So what do you reckon One Finger Death Punch is? No idea. Okay. It's actually... Uh, the name of it is wrong, because you have to use two fingers. But hey... We'll give them that. So, what it is, is I would class it as a rhythm game. It's a kung fu. You've got a little stick man. He's a little tiny little stick man in the middle of the screen. And baddies come from the left or the right. You use two keys on your keyboard. Left and right arrow or, you know, whatever you want. And when a man comes, in the bottom, uh, where just before he steps up to your little guy... A number appears and a colour. The colour indicates which key to press and the number indicates how many times to press it to kill him. So Sounds the, complicated. No, it's really, really simple. So a guy steps up. He's got... It's a green number one. So you press left once, right? And then a guy comes from the right. And then eventually, they keep coming, they keep coming. You press the buttons to kill them. Hence, one finger death punch. And then you go through different levels, and then eventually they throw it in so it makes it more difficult. There's guys that come, and instead of it just saying uh, green one, it says green, red, red one. So to kill this guy, you have to press right, left, left. See, that sounds like, so it's like a Simon says. Yeah. Or Simon. And it, it becomes very fast, and you're unlocking levels going down a trail. But you're literally using two fingers to play the entire game. Um, I don't know why it's called One Finger Death Punch now I think about it, because it's a Two Finger Death Punch. But it's a cool game. It's really cool. It's very, very cheap because it's on the Steam sale. Um, 
But it's the kind of game where you just want to play the next level, play the next level. And I think it would work amazingly on tablets, to be honest, because you just tap either side of the screen to play it. Um, it's not on tablets for some reason. Uh, but it's a fantastic... I've got a mechanical keyboard. It's perfect for a mechanical keyboard because the clicks that the keyboard makes, it actually makes the game slightly easier. So you play in the game and you can hear... If it says kill this guy with three clicks, you can hear three clicks in your head. It's, it makes it a lot easier to play. So um, that's one finger death punch. I've also been playing <laughs> Grid Autosport. This is the new Grid game. And uh, Grid is a the Codemasters racing game. Grid 2 was the last one. This isn't Grid 3. It's like an in-between one. But um, it's Grid Autosport. And what I really like about it is it's got all different disciplines of racing this time. Instead of just is rally cars, dirt. That's their rally car game. This one's like, oh, Formula One cars, street cars, drifting cars. And they're all in different categories. And if you don't want to play drifting cars, you never have to play them. You can just play Formula One cars or you can play, you know, rally cars. It's not rally cars, but touring cars. So there's all types of different cars. And the way the the career is structured, you're never doing the same thing. You're like racing a this, you're racing a Mini, and then the next time you're racing a Formula One car. The next time you're racing a Ford Fiesta through the streets of Paris. It's like, it's all very varied. Um, it's got online multiplayer, which I've tried to play three times this week, but it never seems to find anybody. That's weird, because it's like the number one selling game on Steam, so I don't know what the deal is with that. Maybe they'll get it fixed. But it's an all, if you like Codemasters racing games, there's no way you won't like this one. So that's Grid Autosport. And uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was the World Cup. England uh, are rubbish and they're out of the they're World Cup. They're not rubbish. Yes, garbage, that team this year. They're not garbage. That's not fair. Uh, no, that's, that is fair. Uh, I no, watched every match. They just makes you sound like everybody else. They just didn't win. Be- because they weren't very good. <laughs> I don't like sports. Uh, so, yeah, they did terrible. Anyway. So they've gone home now. That's the end of England for this year. So you, I'm following the yeah, USA. Who's still in? Who's the, still in? Mode? The USA. USA. And they had a really awesome game the other day. You even watched it with me? Yes. That's the thing about USA. And there's probably other countries in the world that are just like it. But it's really easy to chant when you're from the USA. True. USA. It's easy USA. to chant any country. It's not, it doesn't sound as good when you say England. They don't say England. England. They say England. England, England, England. Like yeah, that. that's not the same as USA. It's almost the same. You, England. Yeah, they, they just make syllables. it. They just give it three syllables so they can chant it. Right. It's the same with every, every country, I think. Really? Italy. France. <laughs> what do they say? France. France. They say it. They, I don't know what they say. That's what I'm saying. USA is easy to chant. Right, or Canada. You're boiling Canada. sports down to that. Canada. Well, sports doesn't hold high esteem for me, so. But the USA are doing really well. They're actually through to the round of 16. And they play on Thursday. Thursday. I think. Uh, or Tuesday. One of those two. Um, they did really well. I mean, they didn't do really well. They beat they the team lost, they were playing in. Yeah. Like twice. Right, they lost and still got on. Still got through because, because of, you know, the math and the, how other teams did. So I can't say they played really well. They played better than England to get through, right? Uh, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be following. Or did they? Them. Or maybe the teams they played against weren't as good as the teams that England played against. No, England played against some lower-ranked teams and still lost. 
So See, I think sports makes people snotty and mean-spirited. Mean-spirited. I mean, I have that enough. I don't need sports to egg it on. I was reading the British newspapers yesterday, and they say it wasn't England's fault. It's FIFA's corrupt, and it was all all a, all a um, oh, there's loads. Of FIFA just made them lose. And FIFA wouldn't let them like make them lose, but there's loads of now, at least this year, loads of things looking into FIFA and the corruption of FIFA. Because there is corruption in FIFA, and it's sort of been known over the years. <laughs> I think that's just blamed. Well, the part of the corruption accusations are that when the rounds are set up and the groups are set up, that people are paid off. To put certain teams... Now, that sounds like conspiracy theory, but people have admitted in the past, coaches and managers, to colluding for their teams to do a draw. Either That's to true. not score at all, or we're both going to get one, and that'll be it, so we can both go on because of the math. In fact, the USA's manager, Jürgen Klinsmann, when he, was he in talked Germany, about that, didn't yeah. he, when he, when he was Germany's manager. That he yeah. colluded. He actually admitted to it. Yeah. So that shows you that it possibly... And that's not necessarily FIFA, but I'm no. just saying, like, I mean, anything that's big is a racket a little bit, isn't it? Unfortunately. Now, now if, if that guy is a good manager, Klinsman, he admits openly that he colluded. Why is he even in the job anymore? He got, I think he got punished at the time. Yeah, after but it all I mean, came out. he got punished doesn't mean he wouldn't do it again. If the money's True, but it also kind of means you would be even under more scrutiny. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. Because then then think of it this way. Pull back your lens, and if one guy and the other guy admit to it or get in trouble for it... All the people who didn't admit to it. And there are hundreds of teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's probably like that in any sport, right? At some level. Plus, I guess the part of it is, like, the, the cities that get the World Cup... Do a lot. There's a lot of underhanded. Yeah, because stuff getting the World Cup's like a like a big deal because your your tourism increases, the money comes into your country like crazy. But it also like sounds a, horrible yeah, when also, you really read about what happens. I mean, people put on rosy colored glasses over here and say, "Oh, it's a wonderful thing to have a big, huge event come to our and city." You, it gets trashed, and then you like, look at what's going on in your city, wherever you are in the world. I don't care if you're Los Angeles in America or you are in Brazil. Your city's going to have poverty and joblessness and other problems, right? Maybe infrastructure problems. And all of a sudden, your city just built, spent $3 billion and was given money from the federal government to build a stadium for a sporting event that solves nothing. So that's one big, that's not the FIFA issue, but I'm just saying it's, there's every side to it. I think sports feeds a lot of bad things. In and the I don't follow any sports aside from the World Cup. Yeah. That, once every four years, I, do, I watch a little bit of sports, possibly five, six games, and that's enough <laughs> for me. Just dabble. Uh, so, Sito, what's for dinner? Tonight is going to be ribless ribs, which is what you requested the other Hold day. Hold on. If a rib is ribless, is it still a rib? Yes. Well, this isn't even meat. If there's so a cat in a far box, from rib. and then you don't look at the box, is the cat still in the box? What are you doing? Is that called Schrodinger's? Schrodinger. 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 <laughs> We're very sophisticated. Okay. Uh, the rib is not in a box. It is a vegetarian rib for Morningstar. You, so you it's never been a rib then, has it, in any it's shape or It's like, form. no. It is like, as you said, uh, what are they called? McRib. Yeah, it's like McRib, it's got but really without thick, any rib. sweet sauce. Without and, any meat. But, yeah. the, the, but it's the exact same texture. Yeah, it is. As a McRib. So fact, if all you meat lover people wonder sometimes if you're it, eating a McRib... May not be. And the sauce is 
We're Almost sticky. the same. Yeah, yeah, sticky, gooey. And with that, we're going to have some pasta that we had left over from last night. I'm going to cook up some peas, because you love your peas. And I don't understand how you can't like the creamy pasta. It just boggles my mind. Um, there's two schools and of thought. And cookies. Two schools of thought on pasta, I think. Okay. There's people who like a creamy, mushroomy, or bechamel type sauce. And there's the people who like a tomato sauce. And I happen to fall on the tomato sauce. I like both. I do like both, but if I had a choice, always I would have the tomato one. I would always pick the creamy one. Right, there you go. <laughs> but I like both. It's just that I was raised on macaroni and cheese, man. And, and then, you know I don't like And then my sophisticated, and when I went to college and was exposed to more sophisticated things like uh, Alfredo, then I moved up to pasta Alfredo, which is basically which is fancy. posh macaroni and cheese. Correct. Only it's white. It's not yellow, like mom's yeah. Velveeta. But I mean, it tastes like it. <laughs> like there's no Velveeta. <laughs> Yeah, that stuff. No, it's fantastic. No. It's got to account for me. Never many, liked it. It's yeah, but you can't hate it because it's gonna be a huge portion of my body. It's probably contributed to many of my fat cells being bigger than they should be. And you love me, therefore you love Velveeta. <laughs> no. And then we're also gonna have who knew cookies? Who knew that they weren't as healthy as they claim they are? <laughs> and who knew why they ch- they used to be called who these cookies? W H O. Dash N U. Like a like abbreviated like, text version of it. But now when we pick them up, they're called Who W H O K N E W. Like the way it should be spelled. Yeah. And they're also, you said, in trouble for claiming health health. Yeah, they, they kinda claim that they were healthier than other cookies and that is not hundred percent the case. They add a multivitamin to their cookie. Which it's technically makes it more healthy, but, but it's got the rest of it is the same. Sugar and carbs are the same, but they taste really good. So I, I couldn't find any information, but we kind of deduced that maybe the name change is a... <laughs> a corporate <had> dodge. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really unrecognizable now. Yeah. Same box. Yeah, just added just... a couple letters. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? And my advice? Did you want to know my advice? Mm. Uh, yes. Don't laugh... Here's my advice for the week. Don't laugh at shit just because someone else expects you to. It's so awkward to watch a group of people and someone says something that is not funny. And the people want to lick their ass and so they giggle or they laugh. Or they at least do a little bit of like... (laughs) And it's... It's painful. It's like, could you get your at, your nose any further up their butthole? I don't understand this. Or, that's one scenario where you would laugh un- when you don't think something's funny. Or you don't understand it. Or, simply for approval from other people. You might be watching a movie or, again, in a group of people, something is quote-unquote funny. And you just giggle along because you don't want to be the odd person out. But if the what was said or done isn't funny... Or it doesn't make sense. Just don't laugh at it. It's like it makes you look ridiculous to me. True, I don't know. But I don't have much of a sense of humor. I don't laugh unless something is actually funny. Well, you laugh at some things that I question. You laugh a lot at Howard Stern. And I'm like, oh my god. And he claims that he has such a fine-tuned sense of humor. (laughs) I do. And I don't have much of a sense of humor. So I laugh at things that... I don't even, un- I don't understand why I think it's funny. I understand it intellectually. But then I laugh at things, I, I, I can't even understand Oh yeah, you why. laugh at your highbrow uh, Seth <laughs> MacFarlane shows. Yes, but not everything. <laughs> just because it's, uh, suppose they're trying to be funny, sometimes I just shake my head. It's not funny. I'm not going to grin at it. And then 
So I've been accused of not having a sense of humor, but I guess that's why. I don't laugh at things that aren't funny. So I don't care if you, if I love you or I fear you or have lots of respect for you. If you just said something that that you think is funny, I'm not going to laugh at it if I don't think it's funny. Thank you. Sure, sure. Well said. I want to remind you about our websites. They're not funny at all, neither of them. com, sid.com. Very serious. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm a serious person, just because I don't have a sense of humor much. It doesn't mean I'm serious. It's just that... I don't mean I don't have a sense of humor, but... It's kind of random. And I don't laugh to get along. I don't smile and giggle to get along with what other people say. I'm more like to be the person that somebody says something, three or four people laugh, they look at me, I'm pretty much flat-faced, and I'm almost insulting them now because I'm no fun, because I'm not laughing with them. True. And I don't give a shit. So All there right. So, you can catch our... You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on Stitcher. Go to stitcher.com and search for After the Show. You can go to the iTunes Music Store. You can go to the Zoom Marketplace, or you can just go to com. click on the word podcast. We have an RSS feed. You can subscribe with any podcatcher-type thing that you have possibly got. You can email feedback to me at com. Don't email Sid Talk, because she's not funny, and she doesn't think it's funny when you email her. And <laughs> I might. You never know. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna lick your ass about it. And uh, If part of your self-esteem is wrapped up in how funny you think you are, don't come over to me. Because I'm not going to help with your self-esteem, if that's the issue. And stay classy, Eva Green. I'm going to go for Miss Eva Green, because she's pretty classy. She is, I like her, and I'm going to say, think for yourselves, or someone will do it for you.